Kevin Josh, uh, and of course, Macedonian Phil, who's still sitting on the porcelain palace hiding from me. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize on behalf of WABC, the number one news talk radio station in the nation. I take this upon myself, having done this for 35 years. That was probably the worst 15 minutes of talk radio that has ever existed, and that's saying a lot. This guy, Mike Slater, who subs for Bill O'Reilly. You know, Bill, Bill, wherever you are, somewhere around the world, uh, this is what they do all the time. They take a vacation and they find the worst possible replacement. So, you know, when they when they finally come back, you say, oh, we missed you so badly. Bill O'Reilly, let me suggest wherever you are in the world that you conduct a Ted Mack original amateur hour for replacements because you have a podcast to hear who was playing the freaking piano in his 15 minutes saying he never played the piano before. He watched it on TV. Well, guess what, pal? I played the piano four freaking years in my youth, and I hated every second of it. And that had to be the absolute worst 15 minutes on behalf of our ownership and management. I don't care what they say to me. I apologize to all of you. That was the worst 15 minutes that I've ever heard in talk radio, and I've been listening to talk radio since I was a teenager. So let me make this offer, since Bill O'Reilly doesn't really care who he leaves on in his absence. How about this? Hey, number one, I'll do those 15 minutes when he's away, and I'll pay the station to do it. That's right. I don't have much money, as you know. I pay a lot of child support. Whatever money I have left just to prevent you from having to be subjected to this, what is his name? Mike Slater, Politics by Faith podcast. I have no faith in you, and you know nothing at all about politics. So get the hell off of WABC. I will pay our management uh, to actually do those 15 minutes when Bill Riley is not here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm nauseous. <laughs> I'm going, oh, wait. that's like. Remember when you were a kid? I was like finding, you know, all of a sudden you see the the stockings hanging on the fireplace and your sister's names are on theirs and your brother's names are on there and you see they're packed full and you see yours is packed full and then you reach in and it's coal and wood. That was the equivalent in talk radio. 
Again, I can't apologize enough. Uh, if I knew where Bill O'Reilly was right now, I would be screaming my lungs out at him. I, 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 I promise you, I put an end to this. Well, let's get back, please. A uh, little music, my issue. Let me get back into the mood of what's happening uh, throughout our area here. Uh, pump up that music. I'm ready to impale myself with this microphone. God, what are they calling this? Uh, the, uh, the ice bomb of the century, Arctic chill. We're going to freeze our tuchuses off below sub-zero freezing weather. Well, I got to tell you, I had first five years growing up, uh, I spent most of it in the south side of uh, Chicago. Before global warming and climate change, 46 in Rockwell, fourth floor walk up. When you came out on the back porch, the cold winds of Lake Michigan came at you in January and February. They didn't have wind chill factor back then, but it would have been 40 below. Just cut you right in half. That's what you have to expect. Be on the lookout for the guardian angel animal protection van that Nancy is driving. She's out there riding around frantically, putting out housing uh, for feral cats who really are going to face a miserable 48 hours as they try to avoid this really horrible and clement weather. Whatever you can do if you have pets and they're outdoors or if you know of outdoor pets, pets, please set up some kind of shelter, something, so they can withstand what is going to be an Arctic chill and freeze and 50-mile-per-hour winds. That even they, with their um, animal weights, you know, lowering their body temperature, huddling, We'll find it very difficult to uh, to uh, survive. Please, please, on behalf of my wife, Nancy. And by the way, she'll be joining me Sunday afternoon, 3 to 5, as we do uh, every year during holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas. We do a special show for all the shut-ins, the people who have no family members or maybe can't get home, especially with the inclement weather and so many flights being canceled. So, no, on Christmas Day itself, 3 to 5, you'll have uh, Nancy and Curtis. It'll be uh, two hours of family extravaganza in which we'll be talking with all of you as we did last year, the year before when I came out of hospital, when I had the uh, eight-and-a-half-hour for chronic Crohn's disease operation at Columbia Presbyterian. It's become part of our Sliwa family tradition, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, no, you got a friend. And, extend, and I promise you, no Mike Slater. No Mike Slater to ruin your Christmas. This is like when you showed up, you came downstairs. Oh, it's Chris Kringle, uh, Santa Claus here. And there was nothing under the tree. I mean, nothing. Because he lived in the hood, and Santa Claus wasn't going to come down that chimney and wasn't going to go on the fire escape because he would have gotten robbed before he even got to your apartment. But anyway, let us progress. Oh, my God. <laughs> Earlier this morning, I came in, 7.05, as I do every Monday through Friday, 7.05. Sid Rosenberg has vacillated on that. He's regretting every day uh, having invited me in twice a week. And I really nailed him. Uh, Even his son agreed with me. Later on, you'll hear that, his son Gabby. When I said to him, hey, Stunat, you know, you're an Upper West Side guy. You're living in the Irish Riviera. I bet you it's underwater. What happened? Howard Beach, Broad Channel, 
the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways Underwood, I said, hey, stop at the Home Depot on your way home, man. You need a pump, uh, you need a generator, and you need a buzzsaw because of all the fallen trees, especially when the 50-mile-an-hour winds start packing. Oh, no, you know, well, what are you, new Gentile boy? Wait, wait till you hear it later. And, oh, did his mother give him a dressing down about his newfound friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Meantime, Eric Adams, you notice he hasn't said anything about his uh, fellow associates up in Albany yesterday, very generously giving themselves a $32,000 pay increase. Front page of today's uh, New York Post has the... Um, Majority leader of the supermajority uh, Democrats in the state Senate, Andrea Stewart Cousins of Yonkers, with a big grin on her face like uh, the cat, it swallowed Tweety Bird. Because they said, Merry Christmas to us, 32,000 plus so many other perks. And remember, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, you would have thought that he would have been barking like, hey, you, you had a special session without dealing with no cash bill. He said nothing. Why? Because uh, I have played a specific cut, and people are wondering, where did this cut come from? I've never heard this cut anywhere else. It's Eric Adams talking about how, show me the money, because that's what it's all about. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Now, a lot of people say, I never heard that cut. How come you're the only one who plays that cut? Well, because I do a deep dive. Everyone else deals with the peripheral. You think our Cracker Jack news team led here by Gnome Layden and, of course, uh, the junior uh, Jimmy Olsen here, Frankie Diaz, would have found this? Of course not. would have required going back to when Eric Adams was being sworn in 2006, just elected Democrat, as the state senator representing Crown Heights and Bed-Stuy. It's the first speech he gave before the body of the same state senators, Democrats and Republicans, who had their beak in the trough, just siphoning off our tax dollars. Again, could you play that one more time? Thank you, Justin and Alec. Thank you. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about in politics. Let me tell you something, uh, 19, oh, 1997 to 2001, just Nick Allen. Uh, could you tell Sid Rosenberg, now very best friend uh, of Eric Adams, that Eric Adams was a Republican? Could you ask Sid Rosenberg, because he won't listen to me, that when the next time he has his pal Eric Adams on, who supposedly is uh, hanging out with his beard this week, and he told, uh, you know, Said, hey, I'm hanging out with my beard there in the Fort Lee, you know, I'm gonna walk around with my pajamas. And he says that Gracie Mansion is haunted. That's why he's not often in Gracie Mansion. Of course not. He stays in a condo right across the street from the United Nations. It's 90 floors. It's the Trump building. He stays there. He doesn't say Gracie Mansion. He uses that as an excuse. Oh, it's haunted. Get out of here. Well, will Sid Rosenberg get down to that? No. Well, he claims he's going to hang out with his uh, lady friend. By the way, has uh, Sid Rosenberg ever seen his lady friend uh, that he shares a condo with in Fort Lee? We're talking about Lester Chang, right, being denied sitting in an assembly seat in Brooklyn after he won an election, claiming he lives in Brooklyn. And they said, no, you live in Chinatown in Manhattan. 
Hey, we elected a mayor whose primary residence is Fort Lee, apartment 22H. But I digress. This, the hypocrisy that's going on here is massive. But it's not only Democrats as we come into the Christmas season and the New Year's season. I notice my Republicans have taken the code of Omerta. They're quiet. Shh. Don't say anything about this George Santos, who's got to be the biggest fraud, the biggest con man ever to exist. And that's saying a lot when you think of con men and frauds uh, who have lived here in the United States and all over the world. So George Santos, for those of you who don't know it, was a young man who first ran against Tom Swazi in the North Shore Congressional District of Long Island. A little bit of Queens in there, Whitestone, but mostly North Shore, Long Island. And he lost to Tom Swazi in the presidential year 2000. He actually was ahead that night based on the, um, uh, the ballots uh, that had been cast that day, the scans. But then he lost on paper like a lot of other candidates. So he made the determination he was going to come back and do it all over again. And this particular race got a lot of attention because it's the first time that two uh, out-of-the-closet gay guys – uh, Zimmerman, the Democrat, and uh, George Santos, the Republican. They were out of the closet. They were, no, we're gay. We're running against one another, although they couldn't be more different politically. And George Santos won the district and in January will be seated as an ex-congressperson representing uh, the North Shore of Long Island. He's a complete fraud. There is nothing about this guy's life that's true from birth to now. Everything is fraudulent. So who does it take to sort of like call him out? Hakeem Jeffries. One day he says, yeah, I'll be the Speaker of the House. But he's right about this. He's right. Right now, Joe Santos appears to be in the witness protection program. No one can find him. Nobody can. So yesterday he tweeted out, don't worry about it. Next week, uh, I'll be able to answer all these questions. <laughs> Come on. What are you? And Republican, oh, we'll wait till next week. What is wrong with you? You see, it's so tribal now. If a member of your tribe messes up, like a Democrat, oh, you rally around your tribe, right? Circle the wagons. Doesn't matter how egregious. And likewise with Republicans. This guy, George Santos, is a fraud. He's a con man. Republicans should be most angry because he went out and campaigned for him. They endorsed him. They bought his uh, Michigash. Oh, George Santos, do everybody a favor. Resign. Uh, End the agony, huh? There are fraudulent Democrats and Republicans. Let's uh, not forget that. You You know what my hallmark is. Never trust any politician. Now you understand why I say that. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Hey, Jingity Jing. It's Dominic the Donkey. Jingity Jing. The Italian Christmas Donkey. La la la. La 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 la
the great Lou Monty. You know, born and raised uh, here in Manhattan, but settled in New Jersey. Really synonymous with New Jersey. Uh, let's not steal another thing from New Jersey like we do here at WABC all the time. But seasonal song, right? This song never made the top 100. I'm going to teach you something here. Justin Ellick and Macedonia Phil, who's left the house, because he's afraid I'm going to give him a beat down. I wouldn't. Oh, hey, Frankie Diaz. Frank, I'm going to teach you something. Because it was a seasonal song, this song never made the Billboard Top 100. Never did. Yeah, Cousin Brucey has played it, as he is apt to do uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve. Um, naturally, uh, Staten Island Kid uh, will play it. Um, and maybe even Tony Orlando. But what I will tell you is this was funded by Carlo Gambino, the Gambino crime family. That's how they got their song made. I know they said, no way. Trust me, when it comes to Gambinos, I know Gambinos. 1960. 1960. It never made top 100 because it was only played after Thanksgiving to Christmas, and then you didn't hear it at all. And let me tell you a little bit of the story because they told it in my house. My grandfather, Fidel Bianchino, I don't know if he was a kiakat out of Pinocchio on this, but he said that Dominic the donkey would help Santa Claus bring presents that had been made in Brooklyn. So now we know where Frank Morano gets that term, Brooklyn, to the children of Italy due to the reindeer being unable to climb hills. And I said, Grandpa, wait a second, the reindeer fly. He said, you know, not all cultures believe that the reindeer can fly. <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you something. Lou Monti had some great hits. His most famous hit was Pepino the Italian Mouse. That went to number one. And yet, that gets no airplay whatsoever. The other, naturally, for Met fans, even though Steve Cohen, their owner, is bankrupting himself with money that he stole from inside the trading information to try to, to try to buy the Mets a World Series. Uh, Lazy Mary, right? I mean, that's a fixture. What is that? The fifth inning stretch, seventh inning stretch? I don't know. I don't go to Mets games. I never forget. I saw Lou Monty first time on the Perry Como show. That was my mom's favorite Francesca up there in heaven. But anyway. Dominic the donkey delivers shoes and dresses made in Brooklyn. That's right, Brooklyn. And if you, if you have a southern Italian heritage, because uh, northern Italians, you know, their nose is in the air. They think they're better than anybody else. Southern Italians would ride a donkey. And people in Greece would ride a donkey. And, in fact, they had a lot in common, Greeks and southern Italians. And can you imagine the donkey, Justin Ellick, when a, a guy who's like 300 pounds wanted to get on that donkey? Please, you think you could lose some weight, right? <laughs> the donkey is saying, great song, great song. And the reason I'm playing it is because um, I'm going to have to claw back from a guy who calls himself Italian, Chris Libertini, that Utreditor. Uh, I'm sad to say they've taken six hours away from me. Actually, it's uh, Christmas morning, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. They have, I guess, uh, all different WABC personalities uh, giving you salutations and greetings. And you know what Chris Libertini told me, Justin? He goes, yeah, because children will be listening, waiting for Santa. 
There's no children listening to WABC unless it's required because they're strapped in the back of the car and grandpa or grandma has it on a mom and dad. Try to bamboozle me, so I'm calling back. I'm calling back. And how can we forget? You see, the show I would have done is Christmas Eve, the night of the seven fishes. How can we forget? I, I, I gave them to uh, Sid this morning and his son, Gabby. And Gabby left behind uh, the, the anchovies. I said, look, if you're an observant Jew, you can have the mackerel I brought. You can have the smoked trout. You can have the anchovies. You can't have the calamari, the jumbo squid, or the clams that I got from Jamaica Bay, or the oysters or the sardines. The night of the seven fishes. I had it all prepared. And then Chris Libertini said, oh, no, we're going to have a special Christmas show starting at midnight. Eh, what? They probably have this guy Ross and Wilson, right, who had a cup of coffee here, probably doing some kind of Christmas. Get out of here. Who would you rather listen to, me? Well, people you never heard from before, right? I mean, let's be honest. The night of the seven fishes? Christmas Eve tradition? I'll get into that momentarily. Oh, speaking of Christmas Eve... I got to give you an update on Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan. Enough of this song because he is a real donkey, as is my husband-in-law, David Patterson, who gave him tactical air support. Let me tell you how the brothers cover up for one another. It's all about your complexion. It's your protection. So we know that Eric Adams has not had a very good first year. I'm being a little generous, right? Although he's crowing, he's the best, not like the rest. Hasn't quite done a Donald Trump I'm greater than George Washington and Abe Lincoln. Man, is he in a drug-induced psychosis down there in Mar-a-Lago. But Eric Adams pretty much uh, has drunk that same Kool-Aid. So in the New York Times, I see my (laughs) husband-in-law. I want to hear him say this on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion when he's a regular guest. Uh, with John Katz and Matitis. I want to hear David Patterson, my husband-in-law, the former governor, say what he said in the New York Times in defense of Eric Adams. He goes, there was certainly an attempt to make elected black officials, particularly those who became executives like mayors and governors, to make them look not serious. White leaders, he said, were rarely scrutinized so closely over where they ate or how they dressed. It's an effort to reduce the competence of the leader. Excuse me, uh, David Patterson, wherever you are, I hope you're listening. You got to be, this guy clubs zero bond every night. He's out at night. He wears $5,000 customized suits, custom, not off the rack. And he eats at his corrupt friend's restaurants on the cuff. Yeah, the last mayor who did that was Jimmy Walker. Last time I looked when he took an ocean liner out of here before they were ready to indict him, he was white and Irish. There goes that argument. I guess he's also talking about himself, right? <laughs> Playing the race card. That's number one in defense of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And then Eric Adams did a end of the year interview with Vanity Fair. This was unbelievable. They said, well, you know, what was it like your first year? He goes, I got to tell you, I was surprised. It's difficult to point to something because, you know, I was pretty familiar with city government. But I'll tell you this. The job is not hard. The job of being mayor is not hard. Now, when you all were growing up, whether it was Republicans or Democrats, 
we were always told that the toughest job in America was the president. And the second toughest job was being mayor of New York City. Now, obviously, that changed when Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor of the dope from Park Slope, uh, was elected because eight years he went to sleep on us. Uh, and now we have Joe Biden as president. And half the time he's stuck in a basement somewhere and other people are calling the shots. So we know being president is no longer the toughest job and being mayor is no longer the second toughest job. But Eric Adams actually in a Vanity Fair end of the year interview said the job being mayor is not hard. Of course not. If you go and party to the break of dawn, if you get free meals at every corrupt supporter of yours all over town, and all you do all day is have a press conference and cut ribbons, the job ain't difficult. It's like being an elevated uh, Brooklyn Borough president, except you're Borough president of all five boroughs. Anyway, let's go uh, to one thing that Eric Adams has uh, indicated he's a supporter of. And that's uh, cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals, of which he's doubled down and tripled down. He's not alone. It's Mayor Suarez, the Republican mayor in Dade County, who also wants to host all the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers in uh, Miami uh, with no transparency. It's a battle between Eric Adams uh, and Mayor Suarez as to who's going to get wine, dine, and pocket line more. But the guy who actually is the worst of the people promoting um, Bitcoin um, Bitcoin bandits is this vile, despicable Scarmucci. I mean, I don't know why we even have him on here at WABC. The guy is just a fraud and a liar. Everything he said, oh, I've been a lifelong Republican and conservative, even though he voted for Obama, voted for Hillary, and then gave money to uh, Bill Clinton and gave money to uh, Hillary. Unbelievable. And he says that with a straight face. But now that his friend, because, you know, he invested in FTX. That's right, Scarmucci, the one, uh, you know, who says he now has the restaurant, the Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings Club, the second edition of it from John Gotti Sr. there on 101st Avenue and also in part. Uh, his, his friend, the guy that he gave money to, is now under house arrest. Mama Luke, 250 million bail. He's living in Palo Alto with his Stanford uh, law professor, mom and dad. And this is what Scarmucci had to say. Full disclosure, you know, I, I liked him. I had a relationship with him. Uh, he was the chief sponsor of the SALT conference. You know about the SALT conference. I've been doing it for 10 or 12 years. Um, I entered into a relationship with him in August where I sold him 30% of the company. Thank God I didn't sell him more than that. Uh, you know, he gave me cash. He asked me to put $10 million of the cash into those FTT tokens. In the spirit of that partnership, I, I decided to do that. Those tokens went to zero. Um, I'm a big boy and I had to take losses. Um, did you report this to the IRS, 10000 Excuse me, $10 million in cash. Did he say that correctly, Justin? $10 million in cash. It's offshore in the Bahamas, FTX. I'll bet you he never reported it to the IRS. You know, IRS agents, any of you out there, if you're maxing and relaxing, listening to me right now, would you please audit this guy, Scarmucci, who, like you could see, this, this sleaze comes out of every pore of his body. It's Fachin. But anyway, let me, uh, let me, 
here's this guy. And what did I tell you? Never trust anybody that has three names, right? What did I tell you? The guy, the kid, right? He's in Palo Alto with us. Oh, by the way, his mother and father are proud professors of law at Stanford University. That's what they said to the court. You can trust me because, you know, we're Stanford University law professors. This is the same Stanford University that just published a list of harmful language in which the word American, American is considered harmful. So if you refer to another person, are you proud to be an American? No, you can't use the word American. That's disgraziata. Oh, and also I can't say uh, to uh, Macedonian Phil, who again is sitting on the porcelain palace in the bathroom hiding, and Justin Ellick uh, and, uh, that's a, oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, hey, how you doing there, Macedonian Phil? I can't say use guys. Use guys is considered by Stanford University now to be harmful language. Well, anyway, use guys, you were here this morning. When at 7.05, Sid Rosenberg got the shock of his radio broadcasting life, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, he got slapped down first by his son, Gabby. Common sense. Gabby had common sense. He listened to me, not his father. And then, boy, his mother up there in the Jewish Himalayas. No, it's not the Irish uh, Alps. Somewhere in the Catskills. Really put her son. Sid Rosenberg, on the spot about his uh, newfound friendship with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Oi! sorry now. sorry now. Connie Francis... When I first was doing mornings here at WABC, 1991, she sent over a bouquet of flowers with a little card. Say, oh, Curtis, good job, good job. I wish you the best. And I always thought she was from Crown Heights. But, hey, you want her in New Jersey, Newark, it's okay. I'm not going to argue. We take too much from New Jersey to begin with. I've been saying that here at WABC, but... Who's sorry now, Sid, for inviting me on twice a week to Sid Rosenberg and friends. And when I'm on Mondays at 7.05, Fridays at 7.05, it's Sid Rosenberg, friends, a fiend, and a foe. That's me. Because I got his own son, Gabby, really making his uh, full debut. I mean, he's been hurt in bits and pieces before. He was on, though, the full four hours with his daddy this morning. And I mean, it was kind of obvious if you're a guy who's not living uh, in a landlocked area like Manhattan, right? That uh, now that you're out in the Irish Riviera, there would be a problem with weather like this. Listen in how Gabby sided with me against his own daddy. So uh, we lived in the Upper West Side. You live there now. You're aware of all the issues, the dirt, the filth, 
the crime, the homeless, the rats, Every which day. the mayor can't stand. Every day. But you said when I asked Gabriel why he enjoyed living in Rockaway compared to it, you said we forgot. Yeah. Something. Oh, my God, you forgot. Yeah. This is typical of guys who've been landlocked. And all of a sudden, they moved to a beach community. You said you were two blocks away from the gorgeous yeah, Atlantic Ocean. That's, that's true, yes. I mean, you follow the weather reports? What? I mean, you, we're talking a snow bomb, <laughs> a tsunami. You Now, on the way back, take Cross Bay Boulevard, and right when you pass Forest Hills, there's a big Home Depot. Wait, which place? Cross Bay Boulevard, right? Woodhaven Boulevard. Yeah, but... Right back to the Rockaways. Right, that's what we, we always do. That. Right, yes. Hit Home Depot because you forgot the three essentials of anybody who lives in the Irish Riviera who knows how to hunker down for this. You need the generator oh, get or the electric... You... No, no, you need the pump. He isn't wrong. Yeah, you need the pump. No, he is wrong. The waters are going to come up... And you need the power saw for when the trees come down. Gabe, how many times... Dad, we live right next to the water. Of course, yes, we're going to need this. Gabe, how many times you spent most of your life in Florida? Every single weekend was a different hurricane. How many times did me and Mommy run to Publix, bought out all the water, all the soda? How many times did I put things we up on, on Cousin right Linda's windows? We were right next to the water. We were literally two blocks away from the water. Exactly. It's a lot different. Exactly. Wait, you, cannot, you cannot be agreeing with Curtis and wait, our wait, daddy. Wait, 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 what is going see, on this here? is what your, your daddy's expecting. A lot of Irish out there, right? <laughs> he expects the goy to do it for him. <laughs> Jews were not raised to do heavy lifting That's and right. manual labor. Oh, his son sided with me. And now, what do we hear from Noam Layden and uh, from Jimmy Olsen here and Frankie Diaz? Rockaways Underwater, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, Sheepshead Bay, other areas that are near the ocean or water. He had no idea. And right now, he can't even get to his house. Sid, Sid is like, how do I get to my house? Uh, they actually have, uh, what is that? Oh, my God. It's like, ha! <laughs> A rowboat. It would say taking Sid from one part of the Rockways to the other. And Gabby, in order to get home and join Danielle and uh, his daughter, who just got back from England. And then the piece de resistance. As you know, uh, Sid has been lobbying all of us about his new newfound friendship with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. He's made excuses for the fact that the guy is now saying in Vanity Fair today that, oh, this job isn't that hard. Of course not. You party all the time. You cut ribbons. You get $5,000 customized schmatas on. And then his mother got on. So it's towards the end of the show. And it's almost like she grabbed him by the ear, you know, and said, Sydney, what are you talking about, Sydney? I got you. What do you think about, uh, you've never really talked about this man before. I know you know that your son is is forging a, a friendship these days. He's the mayor of New York City. I've heard you talk about Biden. I've heard you talk horrible things about Hochul, all these people. What are your thoughts on Mayor Eric Adams? Well, you know, Sydney, I think that I'm not impressed with his fancy suits and his ties and his all his. But, I, I mean, you know, he talks a good game. But what is he doing? What is he doing? The city is is a cesspool. What has he done? He's still been in office long enough to make some changes. I mean, is he a Giuliani? He'll never be a Giuliani, Sydney. You can't compare this this man to. I mean, uh, what is he doing? What has he done thus far in New York City to make it better? I'd like to know. 
You travel the trains, you take your life in your hands. You walk the streets, you don't know who's going to hit you in the head and, and kill you. I mean, the man has to prove himself. I know he talks a good game, but talk is cheap. Get out there and do something. Clean up the rats. Clean up the people who are mugging and stabbing and killing. Do something. Don't just talk with your fancy suits and ties. That doesn't sway people. You know, this Sid Rosenberg was quiet. Quiet. Jewish household, you never talk back to mommy. Never talk back to mommy. Daddy, yes. That's why dad dies earlier than mommy in all Jewish households. Trust me, I sampled that briefly. That's why I had to get the hell out of there. But <sighs> Sid's mother was absolutely right. You know, hours from now, I'm going to be doing uh, the morning show till the break of dawn, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. Going to do the retrospective on Howard Beach. Remember what took place? The Michigash at the New Park Pizzeria. And the guy who got killed running into traffic. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a reminder to all of you uh, what tough times there were. And then this is also the anniversary of the Bernard Getz shooting in the subway. And I'm going to compare it to that New Jersey transit bus driver arrested after shooting the teenagers who were kicking him to the ground. Why? Because he had an illegal handgun. How is that any different than what Bernard Getz did way back? In 1984, oh, you definitely want to be listening. Because I'm not taking any wolf tickets. I'm broadcasting all weekend long. Like I-